And welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And I got to say, we got so many great things up for grabs right now. We're getting closer to summertime. And at the end of the month, it's a stupendous time to be out and about. And the Cajun Heartland State Fair is going to be back May 26th through June 5th. And all you got to do is text CHSF. It's just four simple letters. If you're driving, hopefully you have a passenger and you pass it on over to your friend or your partner, whatever it is, CHSF. Text that to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. If you're driving and you don't have anybody around you, I got to say, just keep the, keep these four letters in mind once you do get to your destination. CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. I absolutely love that that thing is back in and even more full force than it was last year. And one team that looks to be back in full force in 2022 is those New Orleans Saints, not just because of what they did with the NFL draft, but what they did on Monday, and it was a massive bombshell that was definitely heard across the league with one and only this guy. I was absolutely loving it. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, has returned home. And we, to talk about it, we got to go over to our good friend, the host of the Locked on Saints podcast and also Saints Wire, part of the USA Today Network. That is the one, the only, Ross Jackson. Ross, how you doing, brother? Hey, brother. Doing great, man. Glad to be here with you. Appreciate you having me on. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing pretty darn well, man, especially when it comes to those Saints. Let's go ahead and go back in time, go backwards here, and start with the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. What was your immediate reaction to the Saints trading up? We'll get to the pick in a moment, but what was your immediate reaction when you saw the Saints were trading up? Because to me, it's like, oh, no, they're either going to be overreaching for somebody or they're going to wind up getting the right guy. I think there was a lot of anxiety. The second I saw that pop up, I'm sure it might've been the same for you. Actually, I, I'll share a little bit of an anecdote uh, about this because the, the story I think kind of encompasses it. So we were in Dallas. Uh, we did a big locked on NFL draft live coverage, you know, all three days of the draft. And the hour before when we were live, before the draft started, I, I went down on the couches and I sat with the hosts and I talked to the guys a little bit about what it is that the Saints might do in this year's draft. And I mentioned that the Saints want to leave the first round with an offensive tackle and a wide receiver. And everyone around me, the other four folks around me, were all in on the idea that, nah, they're looking for a quarterback. And I kept saying, I don't think they're looking for a quarterback. And then so I go up, I'm, I'm doing things in the control room, stuff like that. I'm producing the show, but I'm also doing, you know, taking part in the show. And, and so when the Saints trade up to 11 and I saw Drake London and Garrett Wilson had already gone off the board, I was pretty confident in that moment that Olave was going to be the selection. And so I see the Saints pop up on the board. I jump, I, you know, jump up out, out my seat. I run downstairs. I, I get down to the studio so I can go back on uh, with the live coverage, talk a little bit about it. And I'm standing there and I'm making eye contact with every one of the, the hosts while they're doing the while they're doing the show. And I'm looking at them and I'm mouthing from off the uh, from kind of off screen. It's Olave. It's Olave. 
And they kept talking about how this has to be from Malik Willis and everything like that. And then all of a sudden the selection comes in and it's Chris Olave. And I kind of got to do my Vince McMahon million dollar man walk on to the yes. set <laughs> when, when they made this selection. Because I was, I was very confident that that's exactly who they were going after, especially after seeing that run on wide receivers get started. We saw it continue to write the very next selection, the Lions trading up to take Jamison Williams. So I was actually pretty confident that they were going for Chris Olave. I'm glad that my confidence was um, you know rewarded <laughs> in that moment because it very well could have been a move up for a quarterback for all we knew in that and at that time. But I was actually pretty confident that they were making the move for a lobby there. And that was the right move when it comes right down to it because you think about everything that this Saints franchise has gone through over the last couple of years. One mm -hmm. of the big things that they have had to they've needed to focus on is getting a wide receiver. You and I talked about a couple weeks ago, kind of getting in some draft prep talk heading into that fateful Thursday night when you actually were able to land not just Chris Olave with that 11th pick after moving up because I think the Saints just kind of started to feel the room a little bit they were able to read the room well enough to say hey Chris Olave is probably going to be the next guy gone right let's go ahead and snatch him up and I think that worked out extremely well I think this is going to be a huge pickup for them but then we go to their second first round pick getting Trevor Penning He's a guy that has a little bit a little bit raw, but at the same time, he's got that nastiness and the fact he looks like an absolute freaking beast. Yeah. You can't help but not try and like root for the guy from Northern Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you talk to him and you ask him what his favorite thing about football is, and he says that he gets to legally assault people. I mean, this greatest guy, line of all time. Right? This guy is gonna be beloved very quickly in the city of New Orleans because of his play on the field and his fierce loyalty. I mean, you look at this guy who came in basically a twig going into college at University of Northern Iowa and then beefed up to six foot seven, 320 plus pounds at this point, but maintained so much athleticism running a four nine one uh, topping the charts in terms of relative athletic score as well, which we know that, you know, is something that correlates really well with what the Saints metrics say about players that they really like to invest highly in. You know, you have some technique things that you're going to look at wanting to, you know, help him develop. And of course, that happens when you draft FCS talent. But that's why you went and got Doug Marone as, as a part of the New Orleans Saints coaching staff, because he's a fantastic developer at that position. You have Zach Streif, who not only has played the position in the NFL, but has played the position in the NFL for the team that he's going to help Trevor Penning make the adjustment to. And so I think you're going to see Trevor Penning take meaningful snaps at a meaningful position. In 2022, whether that starts at left tackle or right tackle, we'll see. I mean, Dennis Allen seems to indicate that it will be at left tackle, which would obviously make the most sense because you want that dog, mauler, throw him out the club mentality because you lost that in, in Teron uh, Armstead, who was really the guy that was the throw him out the club, big bouncer mentality. So great to see the Saints investing highly at premier positions, which they did less than 50% of the time with their top 100 selections. They had 21 top 100 selections since 2015 going into this year's draft. They invested only 10 of them in premier positions. This year, all three of their top three uh, selections and technically 98, which they traded away in order to move up for Olave, they spent 100% of those top 100 selections on premier positions and Trevor Penning is a big part of that. Talk right now, Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast and Saints Wire, part of USA Today Network. And let's go ahead and look at what the Saints did with some of their other picks. I think the big highlight has to be Alante Taylor out of Tennessee. Felt like a guy that it was very much a, 
hey, let's settle. And I hate to use that word, but at the end of the day, whenever you have the guy, I think the Saints wanted it with that second round pick get picked right before, right before the yeah. Saints were up. You're sitting there like, okay, what do we do now? We need to focus on getting the secondary, which I think was the main kind of talking point. You missed out on the guy from Penn State, but getting somebody like Elante Taylor who fits that model of what the Saints like to do with the culture that they've instilled over the last mm-hmm. five to six seasons. Alante Taylor seems to check off all those boxes and then some. And then we also got to bring up the App State linebacker, DeMarco. He is going to be a guy, I think, I've seen as somebody who's watched him grow in the, in the at App right. State and seeing him play a lot with against the Cajuns. Right. DeMarco Jackson's going to be a name to keep an eye on as well as maybe a little bit of hidden gem and more importantly, filling some linebacker depth overall, how would you grade out this like draft class for the new Orleans saints? The first one of the Dennis Allen era, which honestly it felt a little more refreshing where you didn't see them just go for BPA. They fit a lot of team needs and they filled a lot of necessary holes. Yeah, look, if I was going to give this one an early grade, right? Like the test hasn't really been taken yet because they haven't hit the field. But if I was going to give this one an early grade, I'd probably go with a B here. I think that, you know, Jaquan Brisker would have been, who is the safety, the Penn State safety that was selected at 48 when the Saints were on the board at at 49. Uh, That would have just been an absolute home run for them. But then you look at what they've done since then to sort of continuously help that secondary, which we'll talk about. But I I still think Elante Taylor has a ton of talent. He was, I noted him as one of my sleepers going into this year's draft. You'll notice I used the word sleeper because I didn't anticipate that he was going to go in the second round. I thought he was going to be more like a third or fourth round guy, but I love the talent. 4-3 speed. He's got great range, great length as well, and he's versatile. You could play him at safety. You could play him in the box. You can play him, you know, as a dime linebacker. You can play him outside at corner. You can play him in the slot. You can do so many different things with him. He's kind of like, you know, PJ Williams esque in that way. In that, if you know, there's so many different ways that you can utilize him, and that seems to be the kind of note for this New Orleans Saints secondary going into 2022. You've got PJ Williams, Alante Taylor. Now you've got Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, and, you know, um, uh, even a guy like Bradley Roby who can play multiple positions and play all over the place. All of these guys have so much versatility. So he fits right into what it is that Dennis Allen really likes to do, which is disguise defenses. And that versatility helps you do that. And then in DeMarco Jackson, no relation. The thing that I love about him is he has that, you know, um, uh, I guess you'd say like modern linebacker style play. He's a little bit understa- undersized uh, at six foot, just around 230 pounds. But his style of play in terms of his downhill speed, his tackling ability, he can clean up a little bit in coverage. But as you've noted, he's gotten better and better there every single year. But he's going to be a phenomenal special teamer for the New Orleans Saints. And I think that he, he will beyond that challenge to be a guy that makes a 53-man roster not only in the merits of his special teams ability he also has team captain experience something that the Saints really leaned in on this year but also because they're going to need depth at that linebacker spot and if they can't bring back a guy like Quan Alexander who's presently still a free agent his ranginess his speed his acuity are things that you might be able to utilize as traits to try to train up and get him into a situation to where he actually sees some snaps on defense as well now it's, you know the linebacker unit's going to be led by DeMario Davis and Pete Werner, but you have to have those guys that can come in behind that. And uh, DeMarco Jackson could turn into one of those guys for sure. It's going to be fun to see how all this NFL draft is going to pan out and how things are going to work out. Obviously we won't know until these guys put on the pads and more importantly, Mm -hmm. give them some time to kind of grow and develop. But looking back at Chris Olave, 
there's no doubt he's going to be a wide receiver too. But in the event we see, you know, Michael Thomas, the last couple of years, he's been injury prone. Obviously, ankle injuries are such a weird thing with specialty players. Right. What can you say about what he's going to bring to the table to where if Michael Thomas does indeed get injured this season, could he fit really well in a wide receiver one role? Yeah, I think that Chris Olave keeps you from having a situation like last year to where you're asking a lot of guys that were, you know, majority incomplete in terms of their development, having to step up into these lead wide receiver roles. And I think one of the things that there's two things I think that speak really uh, highly of that and speak in favor of that. First of which is his route tree. Um, the guy can run any route on the field. He can attack at all three levels of uh, of a defense. He is somebody that can uh, is a very nuanced route runner, very good short area quickness, phenomenal change of direction, very solid hands, reliable hands as well. So he has wide receiver two speed, wide receiver to take the top off ability, but he's got wide receiver one route tree and discipline and all those other things. So he, he's somebody that could develop there if you needed him to and could fill into that role if you needed him to. The second thing is that he didn't produce throughout his entire collegiate career with one coach and one quarterback, right? He there, there was the quarterback change when Justin Fields graduated, went on, and he continued to produce and have another great season with CJ Shroud. We saw, you know, coaching changes and everything over his time at Ohio State and all that as well. So I think that those are two things that just sort of speak to his ability to be able to transition to new personalities, new play styles, new coaching styles, all of that, and now transition into the NFL level. I think both of those things, his coachability, uh, his ability to develop, and the tools that he's already walking in with probably make you a lot more comfortable. So if you end up in a situation where you have to have a game, some games, whatever it might be without Michael Thomas, if that happens in 2022, that you feel really good about saying, okay, great. Chris Olave becomes the lead attack. And then you can build the skill position, continue to build the skill position around him with Jameis Winston. Talk right now, Ross Jackson, locked on saints podcast and canal street. Chron- Excuse me. Let me do that part. <laughs> Old habits die hard, Ross. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. Talk right now with Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast, and more importantly, Saints Wire, part of the USA Today Network. And now let's get to the big news. We've been burying the lead for a good bit, but I think we need to talk about it, and that is Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, the prodigal son, <laughs> has returned home, the former LSU Tiger, in the black and gold now. One, I think that was a big surprise to a lot of us. But man, it feels like that was the place he wanted to go no matter what. Didn't apparently didn't visit any other team. This was the destination that he wanted to land at. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is such a phenomenal story off the field, but this is going to play out so extremely well for both the player and team, Teron Matthew and the Saints, um, once they get on the field uh, as well. I, I think that, you know. Uh, Tyron Matthew has spent so much time, so much of his offseason. Basically, I mean, he told us during his introductory presser, he spent basically his entire offseason in Louisiana, whether between Baton Rouge or New Orleans. But yeah, he he took he did kind of a virtual visit with the Philadelphia Eagles, which I always thought was kind of weird. But the only place that he visited was New Orleans. This was the place that he wanted to be. And as he mentioned, it was a dream. And, and more importantly for him, a, a dream come true that he gets to now come back and have an impact. I love to him sharing the story about the fact that, you know, in 2009, he was a senior in high school at the time he and his friends going down to the canal street when the saints won the super bowl and then now you know over a decade later here he is talking about potentially helping them win their second super bowl in 2022 and what a unique and rare opportunity he gets to be a part of that this was a a slam dunk a a home run whatever it is you want to use 
uh, signing by the Saints to bring him in, especially, you know, they like they missed out on Jaquan Brisker and, you know, maybe they were in on him. Maybe he wasn't. We, we assume that they were. Uh, but then they fill that safety role still with, you know, one of the best to do it and still one of the best players at the position in the NFL. Yeah, he's not going to be returning punts for you like he did in Death Valley years ago, but he's somebody that can still impact the game and be a playmaker for you over on the defensive side. And he's such a phenomenal leader, which is something you just lost. You lost both a leader and a communicator in Malcolm Jenkins, but you get it back in droves now with a younger player uh, in Tyron in Tyron Matthew. I, I think it's such a good story, but it's also such a fantastic uh, opportunity for both this player and team to really have an impact. And it changes sort of the perception of the New Orleans Saints going into 2022 as well. I got one more before I let you go, Ross, and it's more about how this team is set up more importantly, because I've been getting a lot of people saying, hey, do the Saints have a chance to make the postseason with these moves that they made, not just with the free agency acquisition of Tyron Matthew, but also what they did in the draft. This mm-hmm. team feels like everything is working towards a potential playoff run in Dennis Allen's first year. And also with rumors that maybe even Jarvis Landry, they're still pursuing him heavy. Could there be a chance where this Saints team is going to be, in the next couple weeks, could be a stronger favorite, especially amongst the betting lines, to be a contender in the NFC? Yeah, I think so. And and honestly, I think as the season draws nearer, whether they land guys like Sony Michelle, who's set to visit the running back uh, formerly of the most recently Los Angeles Rams, or Jarvis Landry, I think even without those signings, I think closer to the season, as you look at how weak the NFC has become with uh, so many teams, sort of this mass exodus of players heading over to the AFC. I think that that still works in their favor. And that by the time you get to the beginning of the 2022 season, they should be seen as a playoff contending team because you're looking at two other teams in the NFC South now who may be starting rookie quarterbacks in 2022 or who are going to be starting subpar quarterbacks in 2022. And the other team, in the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Saints have operated very favorably against, you know, I mean, really for the the entire history of the of of the of, of the Sean Payton era, but in particular over the past few seasons. And so I think that you know there are people that have been kind of questioning whether or not the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to do this without uh, Sean Payton and without Drew Brees and everything going into this year, and how can they hang with the quote unquote big dogs of the uh, of the NFC? But if you look at last year, we can't forget that the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Sean Payton and Trevor Simeon and then turn around and shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Dennis Allen and Taysom Hill. So, I mean, you know, the, the doubts or, or, or whatever they might be kind of need to be put on hold because this is a team that's ready to compete in 2022. They told you from the very beginning of this offseason or even well before the draft got started that they were going to be competing this year. You saw that when they traded away next year's first round pick. And then now they've made all these moves and acquisitions with more potentially on the way that should make this team a legitimate playoff contender in a weekend conference in 2022. I think this 2022 roster is better than the 2021 roster ever had the chance to be when it had four quarterbacks starting and 58 different starters, all that. I, and I think that the NFC that surrounds it is weaker than it was in 2021. So I think that sets up very well for these New Orleans Saints that have made some stellar moves this offseason. Ross, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man. We'll, we'll talk to you down the road. I got to say, go get some rest, brother, because you got plenty of time between now, OTAs, training <laughs> camp, to kind of rest up. Because I know you were out there. You said you're out there in Dallas, and we talked a little bit before. Mm-hmm. You are dead beat, tired. I, I want you to go get some rest, relax, and we'll talk to you down the road. More importantly, once we get closer to the training camp, my man. 
I appreciate that, man. I look forward to that, both the rest and being back here with you. Uh, I hope that you get to get some of that rest as well, because, you know, we're both out here grinding in these streets. But I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure to be here with you. All right, Russ Jackson, everybody. Appreciate him joining the program as always. We'll be back one final take before we head into the weekend in style right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and we're back after this.